But I don't, I really don't have any regrets. I really don't. I've, I've lived exactly how I've wanted to. I've tried my hardest every single time. I didn't win the matches that maybe I should have always won. Or, but I really gave it my all. So that for me is enough. everyone welcome back to the body serve i'm james i'm jonathan and we're here in cincinnati we are doing what our our third podcast from the site fourth overall from the trip mm-hmm. we're back in the car this is episode 92 yes i forgot that we're back in the car it is stationary at the moment air conditioning is running <laughs> if you hear is a dull hum just wanted to give you a little bit of a preview of what's to come on this episode We're going to be recapping what we've seen recently, matches we've seen today, which is really only Muguruza Kuznetsova. Go through a few other little happenings on site. We're also going to be featuring our exciting interview with Francoise Abanda, who is a Canadian player from Montreal. She was here in the main draw, and she was just a delight to speak with. Muguruza's press today, which we both attended and asked... A couple questions. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of stuff in it that was eye-opening. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And we've also got our listener mailbag segment. And we were joined in the car by our listener, Chad, CCSmooth13, and he asked the questions for us. So let's get into it. What's up? What do you want to talk about first? Well, the Muguruza Svetlana match. Yeah. This one was a real stunner. Muguruza was in a long three-set battle with Madison Keys yesterday, which I wrote about for the site. We get into another three-setter today that went even longer. It went like two hours and 40 minutes against Kuznetsova, who just played some very inspired tennis, like we know she's capable of. It didn't look like it was going to turn out that way, Mm -mm. because... At one point it was 6-2-4-3 or 3-2 with Garbina up uh, a break in the second. And it wasn't that competitive. And then Garbina calls for Sam Sumik to come to the come to the court. Still up a break. Mm-hmm. And from that point, Sveta just ran away with the second set. Yeah, I mean, there was some inspired hitting. Even in the first set, some points I saw were just incredible between the two. Garbina had Sam Sumik on the court, I think, a few times. And in the final set, they got a code violation because they took too long. <laughs> well, Sam had left the court and Garbina just sat there a little bit too long. Yeah, she was just kind of chilling there. Taking her time. Svetlana was back on court, ready to play. And the difference between her and Camilla Georgi <laughs> oh, is that, you know, Garbina got that time violation warning before she had to go serve in that third set. Mm. And she just had no issues, kept herself cool, calm, and collected. Camilla Georgi, to open the third set against Plishkova, it's 30-all, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching her towel off, like maybe five feet away from me. Then all of a sudden, time violation warning, Miss Georgi, or Georgi. Mm. And she was not having it, not (laughs) pleased. And she didn't win another game. She lost that third set, six love. So... That is Man. that is the difference between the top players and those who are not quite there. Right. And and a big difference is that Muguruza has a different gear. Yeah. We saw that in the third set today, big time. I would say yesterday, I mean, her... The word you used was fortitude. But just the way that she handled the conditions allowed Madison to make errors. Today, it was a bit different. She I was, think dictating a lot right. more. She was hitting better. I feel that she was positioned better in the court. Um, there are still those little mistakes, but when you're trading ground strokes that huge, a lot of the points are going to end on errors. But I, I think that Muruta played a different match today. I really think she she took it to her opponent better. Was She wasn't waiting for Sveta to miss because she, was, she wasn't missing that much. Some of those rallies you're watching from up high in the press room and you're just like, my God. Ah, uh, I mean, there's, to me, and I tweeted about this, there are few scenes in women's tennis that are more exciting than watching Svetlana take a step forward 
and crush a forehand or a backhand. Just step into the court a little bit, and you know it's like it's it's a beauty. She's such an aesthetically exciting player to watch. And Garbini is not just boom boom. She's got a lot of options in her game. She does, yeah. She can defend well. She hits well on the run too. At least she did a lot in the last couple right. of matches. She was forced to. Uh huh. And uh, man, that I see a lot of people talking about. Wow, well, this is contender for match of the year, and has to be top five at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll hear she came in the press and said, "I think this is one of the best matches of the year." She didn't say one of my best. She said one of the best. <laughs> and it was it's kind of cool to to watch it in a stadium where there aren't clear allegiances. Neither of these women is American. There were you know there were some Spanish supporters, but. The crowd, I would say, was pretty transfixed by the tennis. They knew they were yeah. witnessing something special and were pretty complimentary of both players. So moving on to the, the Muguruza press conference, I asked her, or somebody asked her a question, and she said something to do with the difference between her now as opposed to maybe a couple of years ago after she'd won the French Open. And she had said that she was more professional. And so I followed up with her. And I said, you know, earlier you said that you're a lot more professional now. And she cut me off and she said, professional isn't the right word. And the reason why I followed up with her, because that was something that we had said privately to each other, mm-hmm. that she was handling the nitty gritty tough moments in ways that she hadn't done before. And for us, the word we used was professionalism. Right. And so what I wanted to know from her was you said you're a lot more professional. Now, what does that entail? What facets of your game or being a tennis player is more professional now than it was before? And so she walked that back and she said, you know, it's, it's, I meant to say experience. That's the better word. I'm more experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just a, like an ESL thing where the many meanings of professionalism didn't really translate or that she legitimately didn't mean to say professional. Mm -hmm. And that'll have to be left up to interpretation because we really don't know. But she did make it very clear. No, 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 no. Go scratch that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was definitely the wrong word. Experienced is what she prefers to say. And I think it's coming through. It remains to be seen whether or not she'll win this tournament. But she's put in a couple of really strong wins in tough conditions and also against really tough opponents. The last few months we've seen, to our minds at least, that the WTA has been far more competitive than the ATP. And a lot of that has to do with the, I mean, the carnage as far as injuries on the ATP, right? Mm-hmm. From a starting point, we, t- we tend to find WTA tennis far more entertaining to begin with. But it's been exacerbated that much more because of all the injuries. Yeah. And we've seen that this tournament, six of the top eight seeds in the quarterfinals on the women's side are are there and the men we've got Grigor is on court now and then Dominic Team and Rafa those are the only three of the top eight top ten seeds still left in the draw and that doesn't even account for all the top ten players who didn't even play right Rafa is I mean he's obviously being relied upon to bring eyes to the TV for this tournament Selling tickets is probably not a huge problem because this is just a big event in the Cincinnati area. A lot of people come from around the country, right? They're going to sell tickets. But Rafa, I I think they want him to play <laughs> the the big marquee times because who else is there? Dominic Team is highly ranked. Dimitrov is. They're both cute. They're both attractive, whatever. But they're not superstars, right? No. Rafa's the only star with real name recognition left. Okay, so moving on to a few of the other things that are going on at Cincinnati right now. We Just have a, a few etceteras. Yeah, so you mentioned Camila Georgie got totally messed up by that time violation, right? Yeah. And then there was a little bit of drums at the end of the match. Well, listen, so I got to that match with the third set just starting. And so Camila's serving. It's 30-all. She gets called for that time violation warning. She loses concentration because she's, like, looking up at the chair. She's pointing her racket at the chair and then she, you know she has the errors loses the game fine switches ends and then in the blink of a night's three love Plishkova up and then she's again just at it with the chair mm-hmm. car she was so pissed and 
to be honest, I was on my phone. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it, what was going on in the moment, but it really didn't seem like that long of a time. Okay. It seemed like an unnecessary call for me. Mm. Uh, I left that match at three love, used the bathroom. And by the time I'd got back to the press room, it was over. I could not believe it. It was so quick that I said yeah. to you, you said, I said, the Georgie match is over. And you're like, oh my God, a bagel. I said, it can't be a bagel. She must have retired. Did something mm. really bad happen? Because I knew there was some bad blood with her. They umpired and That's if she right. defaulted or something. Then I checked the score and it really was six love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was crazy. And so there was a, a lack of a handshake, right? Yes. <laughs> That's what people are talking about. That she didn't shake the chair umpire's hand. Mm. And, you know, feel however you want to feel about that. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> you know, shit shit happens. <laughs> uh, it is uh, certainly noteworthy when it does. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't say for sure whether the chair was in the right or the wrong, but I'm not about to sit here and say that the chair is always right. Right, right. So. Now, an offense that was much, much worse than Georgie pulled off was Sam Query's thing yesterday. So Just, effing you know, rude. You know... The American men want to ask, why aren't they rooting for us? Why do they like Gael Monfils better than us? Like, this this is why. Because a lot of you are just total assholes. Like, I'm so sorry. Sam Query loses his match, and the camera guy is taking live feed. You know, they're walking, they're backing up with the camera or whatever. They're, they're mm-hmm. at the net while they're shaking hands and then going to the umpire. He tells the camera guy to get the fuck out of my way. And pushes him out of the way. Yeah. This six foot six seven guy, yeah. this huge guy, just pushes the dude out of the way and says, "Get the fuck out of the way." Just abominable behavior from an athlete who has a lot of money, who's successful, who has a lot of privileges. It's just disgusting. If he hadn't just lost, he should have been defaulted. And I think that I don't know if a fine is coming, but it should be. Absolutely. I haven't heard anything, but players get fined for much, much less than that, right? Angelique Kerber, forgive us if we've talked about this in some way, shape, or form, because we just also started ramping up our Instagram usage, and we're doing Insta videos, so we may have talked about it a little bit there. If not, enjoy. Uh, But the Kerber match, I was at for that third set, and that was some of the most stirring action I've seen so far. (laughs) And a little bizarre, Yeah. Kerber... Ugh. We talked about six of the top eight women seeds are still around. She's one of them who's not. Mm. And she was somebody who still had a chance to regain number one this week. And obviously that's not going to happen. She played Katerina Makarova out on the grandstand. And Makarova had eight match points. The match eventually ended 13-11 in the tiebreak. After... Katya lost one of the match points. She collapsed to the ground. It was unclear if it was due to cramping or physical injury or just being defeated by... It was like a 20-shot rally. Crazy stuff. She thought she had lobbed Kerber to win the match. Kerber got it back. I thought, you know, it it was so unclear as to what was going on that the physio came running onto the court. Mm. Yeah. Because... A couple of changeovers before, she had called for the physio. And she was looking a little bit labored. So the physio probably thought, well, damn, like, I need to get out there because she's really hurting. Right. And then, like, a minute later, she gets up and walks to the other end at 6 off in the tiebreak. And in press, apparently she said that, you know, she was laboring and that she tried to get it but couldn't. So there was a little bit of physical laboring going on, if we are to believe her. Right? Okay. And... Uh, Diane actually made a good point. Diane Dees, who was in the press box with us, she said, you know, Katya is not someone who has a reputation for being uh, kind of disrespectful or using gamesmanship to win. So that was some good context, I think. But Kerber did one of those drive-by handshakes. I think she felt that she had been wronged by Makarova throughout that third set. That it was just, it wasn't... uh, kind of the utmost level of fair play. And so we don't really know. She was, she demurred in the press conference, though. She didn't go there with her. Like, she's not going down that road. So 
She could have also just been pissed that she lost. Right, that's true. There's, okay, team. So team plays Ferrer tonight mm-hmm. on the grandstand at the same time as Kanta and Halep. Um, team, team's been looking good. You know, he mentioned earlier that he doesn't always play well here. It's not one of his favorite tournaments, definitely. But he's practicing hard. I think team is making things a little tough on himself. He doesn't always get wins as cleanly as he should. That was a big takeaway from watching him on Grandstand yesterday against mm-hmm. Manorino, was Manorino, it? Manorino, yeah. It was in two tie breaks, right? I believe so. Okay. He, he, uh, everything is just so 100 all the time with him when mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And that's going to be the biggest challenge for him to take that next step. People are talking about now, oh, Zverev has leapfrogged him. And he has. And he probably is more talented than Dominic. Uh, but when Dominic has that much less time on his strokes, on a harder yeah. surface, he can't be out there doing things unnecessarily. Because he has the game. Right. This is a pretty fast surface we're hearing. I think Venus is the, is the one who said she thought it was too slow, yeah. right? But you, interestingly, it's ironic, you can't always trust players to gauge the quickness of a surface, mm-hmm. which sounds weird, but sometimes you get totally varying opinions on the quickness of a surface from players. But Cincinnati is typically a, a pretty fast hardcore. But Dominic, he just puts a lot into his strokes. Like, it takes a lot of energy, what he does. And so I, I think that as he gets more uh, ensconced in the top 10, he needs to look to make things easier for him in matches that should be easy. Mm-hmm. Tiafo defeats Sasha Zverev. That's something that we haven't talked about that we really should. That was really exciting. The crowd pulled for him so hard. Zverev won the first set 6-4, and judging by Zverev's form recently, that should have been an easy second set, right? He's, I think he's pretty wiped out from the summer. He made a point of saying that in his press conference. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I've just come from winning a, a 500 and then a Masters 1000. I played this many matches in this many days. Like, I have nothing left right now. Yeah. But, regardless, that is a great performance by Francis, who, I mean, he's been looking for a great performance. Yeah. He's been so close. A lot of times, he's been losing a lot of first rounds, uh, two tie breaks against Kalkanakis. And uh, I think this is this will do a lot for him. He was so pumped up. He was getting energy from the crowd. He was able to break Zverev in the second and third sets. And it was awesome. It was so cool to see. Without further, without further ado, here is our interview with Francoise Abanda. Let me tell you, this is particularly exciting for us because we are a Canadian podcast. And oh, we're okay. our first ever Canadian player on the show. So welcome. Okay, thank you. Uh, we've been watching you from qualifying this week, mm-hmm. and you had a particularly impressive second set against Vicklianceva. Yeah. And uh, again today, you were up big in the second set, and then you pretty much ran away with a third set. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about your game? Yeah, I feel good. Um, like you said, I played a good match against uh, Natalia mm-hmm. um, yesterday, and uh, again, like I'm just got like three top hundred wins. So um, it's a good confidence boost for me, and it will improve uh, my ranking, which is closer to my goal, which is mm-hmm. top 100. So it's definitely like positive start for, uh, for me. That was my next question, because I want to know if you're aware that you will leave this tournament with your career high ranking. Is that something you pay attention to on a, on a weekly basis? Yeah, I don't try to like overthink it too much, but uh, uh, I definitely know I'm really close to uh, breaking the top 100. So. Obviously, it's a, it's a nice challenge, and uh, hopefully I can reach it um, before uh, next year. So I know you kind of grew up in the National Training Center in Montreal, and you were lucky to be there with your sister as well. Yeah. Um, do you think it kind of prepared you for life on tour? Or what was it like? Yeah, um, the National Training Center, like, I really grew up there, like, uh, training there. Um, it's good because um, you have coaches, you have a good fitness coach also that they give you and most importantly I think they finance you so you're able to travel and not pay like your flight tickets and 
all the expenses so it takes a lot of pressure off you and the parents so that was really good for me um, like while I was developing now it's when I'm in another stage in my career so mm -hmm. I'm no longer part of that but um, I think it helped me in some ways do you feel uh, feel competitive with other Canadian players, or do you kind of motivate each other? Or? Well, I know it's kind of every woman for herself out there, right? Yeah, Dennis put the bar high uh, last week in Montreal, but uh, yeah, I mean, we see other Canadians doing well, uh, Bianca and the girls, and Dennis, obviously, mm -hmm. who did super well, so um, I, I guess it does, because I think everyone is trying to be number one in the country, so I think it's nice to have some like um, rivalry, I guess, and like um, players my age, you know, going towards the same goal. And I think it adds some spice, and it, um, I think it puts pressure on us, and it keeps uh, motivating us to always come up with with, uh, with results. Yeah, tennis in Canada has seen a bit of a boom in the last couple of years, like yeah. say the last five years. So when you first started with the training center yeah. work, expectations on Canadian tennis players lower than they are now. Do you feel a difference? Um, no, personally, like I always try to put high goals for me. I think everybody has different goals. You know, we were a bunch of players at the National Training Center with different goals. Elizabeth was a part of it. She didn't really go pro. She decided to go to college. So. Um, yeah, I guess tennis is an individual sport, so as for me, I just really try to stay focused in my in my uh, goals. Um, but um, yeah, I put pressure to, on myself, and obviously the coaches always want the players to do well, so it's a nice uh, atmosphere, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way, but watching you the last couple years, it feels to me with the Fed Cup wins, yeah. like beating high-ranked players in that field, and then now getting those kinds of wins on the regular tour, yeah. that maybe something is really starting to bubble up in your career. Because yeah. at some point, I'm sure you expect that there has to be this bust out moment, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you're getting closer to that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been trying to, you know, start playing more um, tour events like Cincinnati, Rogers Cup, and and really be playing on the WTA. And like you said, I feel like I'm really getting closer and I'm able to get some wins now. And uh, there's definitely a lot of good players, and I feel like the more you improve, uh, the more difficult it becomes. And uh, tomorrow I play Julia Gorgas, who's a really uh, good player. And She's one of the hottest players on tour right now. Yeah. I should, so probably shouldn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> so I feel like it's there's always a next challenge, but I'm really happy I was able to um, I'm able to start playing more WTAs and kind of get away from the challengers. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, like right now I feel like I'm playing good, uh, probably the best tennis of uh, my professional career so far. So I really hope um, I can keep going. I know you mentioned before that you've been inspired by Venus and uh, you know you've you beat Ostapenko in juniors and now she's a Grand Slam champion. What is it like to make the transition to play these women on the main tour? Yeah, it's definitely like two different circuits and uh, I had a good junior career finishing world number four, beat Ostapenko, but she beat me in the pros. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of won in the wrong uh, That was a really setup. close match though on the big stage. Yeah, it was a good match, but um, I feel like um, it's just more pressure and you kind of play for more and um, a lot of people are watching and it's a different vibe. And um, and yeah, I'm I'm just really happy I can you know be on tour and be competing and now I feel like it's just going to be more difficult to now try to go deeper in those tournaments mm -hmm. and be like top 40 players, yeah. How do you feel about the comparisons to Venus? Because a lot of people make that comparison. Does that add more pressure to you? Uh, or is that something you just think no, is like because, a great honor? Yeah, it's a great honor, but I feel like uh, Venus is very uh, individual and, you know, special in her own way. Mm -hmm. I feel like not a lot of players have achieved what she's done. So, no, it doesn't put pressure, but um, I think she um, set up a great example for a lot of players. And um, I looked up to her when I was younger, so it's always fun like to see her sometimes on tour. And and uh, it's really like, one. It's, it was one of my goals to play her one day, and I did. So mm -hmm. it was really like 
some good moments for me. And you played her well, and she had great things to say about you in, in Quebec yeah. City a few years ago. Yeah. Serena and Venus don't always notice some of the younger players coming up, and they've definitely paid attention to you, so that must speak volumes about how high they think of you as well. Yeah, it's definitely motivating because she's achieved so much on the tour, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, like, she has her career and she obviously had a very successful career, so um, no, I'm not trying to compare too much. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully I can be known for who I am and me and, uh, and uh, yeah, they inspired me at the end of the day. Uh, so we have, uh, do you want to move on to our more fun questions? Quickly about the Fed Cup. Yeah. What is it like playing Fed Cup and getting those big wins when people don't expect you to? Like, what is it yeah, about Fed Cup me, that, that brings that out of you? Yeah, for me, Fed Cup has always been, like, a really uh, good experience for me. I always come up with, like, great resolve. I always play my best tennis somehow. And a lot of times we play it at home in Montreal, and the crowd gets crazy, and it really, like, um, boosts you on the court. It's a different vibe. It's very loud. Um, and uh, I got two top 50 wins this year, and... Um, I was really happy with that and I feel like that was kind of like the the click in my season ever since those two wins I really started to play well at French Open and then Wimbledon um, but uh, yeah I really love playing for Canada I've had really great experiences and uh, yeah so I want to move on just to a few quick fun questions uh, so we noticed on Instagram you have a picture with the great Celine Dion, oh, kind of okay. Quebec's most famous export. <laughs> yeah. how, did, uh, how did that come about? Yeah, um, it was last year at the Rogers Cup. Um, we were, me and Jeannie were both invited to uh, Celine Dion's concert and uh, I guess we were the only two allowed to take a picture with oh, her. Oh wow, really? Yeah, it was really <laughs> Where was cool. this concert? She was playing uh, in town? Montreal, oh, okay. at the Bell Center. And she performed, uh, I believe, yeah, she, I don't know if her husband died or, I don't know. I'm not sure, but it was like a big concert and uh, we exchanged a few words, took a picture, it was really mm. cool. Yeah. Was that your first big pop star moment? Yeah, I'll definitely not delete that picture. <laughs> Speaking of pop stars, we do this segment with everybody that we interview. Uh, we did it on our own just projecting it onto players at one point, but it's called Tennis Divas. Okay. And if you could pick for yourself the diva or the pop culture figure who best personifies you. So for example, Svetlana Kuznetsova, she picked Rihanna. Okay. Sanya Mirza thought that was kind of ridiculous <laughs> when I told her. Uh, okay. Sanya herself said she was a mashup between Adele and Beyonce. So to put you on the spot, who do you think would be your Tennis Diva? Uh, Sierra. Sierra, good yeah, choice. Okay. <laughs> so you're you're big into to um like late nineties, early two thousands R and B. Uh yeah, I know yeah. a lot of the songs. Yeah. Okay. What is your uh, what's your favorite thing about your hometown, Montreal? Because uh, we love it, but we've only visited. A few and we live yeah. we live in Toronto, but we much prefer Montreal. <laughs> like yeah. if I if I if I grew up speaking any French, I would have yeah. moved a long time ago. Yeah, I love Montreal. Like um, ever since I traveled um, with tennis, I was able to really like realize that Montreal is really nice compared to all the cities mm. in the world. Like every time I finish a tournament, I'm always trying to go back to Montreal. So yeah, I really like Montreal, especially in the summer. I feel mm. like the winters can be a little bit rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Summertime, it's nice. We have like the jazz festival, the Just for Laughs. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's like a really great vibes and like. Do, do you ever go to Oshiaga? Uh, it's always during the Rogers Cup, so That's I never get to go. Sure, yeah. But I saw Vashik and Dennis went. Yeah. For like, for like a few minutes. <laughs> I was really like, but no, I, ne I, can't, I never um, get to go because it's always during uh, the Rogers Cup. Mm. What do you do when you're bored on tour? Are you big into TV, binging Netflix? Uh, yeah, I watch like um, YouTube vloggers, okay, and, like uh, tutorials or like random stuff like that. Or um, yeah, I have like a series that I'll watch here and there. But right now my computer is broken. Oh no! Yeah, I'm just on my iPhone, but it's just not the same. <laughs> it's kind of small. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To finish up, what uh, what would you say is your proudest moment so far as a tennis player? Um, my proudest moment, 
Can I say that I don't feel like I've reached it yet? Yeah, that's a perfect yeah, answer. Like it's answer. coming up. It's coming up. You know, hopefully, hopefully it'll happen at the end of this week. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but obviously, Fed Cup is always big because you represent a whole nation, and it's um, it's very big in Canada and, and Montreal. Well, thank you so much for thank taking so the much. time. It's been a thank pleasure. You. What were your general impressions of Francoise in this interview? Oh, I thought she seemed like she's really sweet. Mm-hmm. She's, um, she's a kid, right? <laughs> like she's a lot younger than I. I mean, she's like what twenty? Yeah, yeah. But you get this impression of young players who are on the come up, and even, you know, what do you call them, millennials? Well, no, we are millennials. Oh, she's even younger than the millennial okay. or whatever. So that generation, yeah, they're the generation of narcissism, not being able to live outside of their own skin. Oh, I thought that was us. <laughs> Well, maybe we're just, we don't conform. Oh, we've graduated to destroying businesses all over the right. world. We're, ju- we're also just old now. Mm. <laughs> but she was so engaged, thoughtful, took the time to answer the questions, not give phoned-in answers. You know, she really wanted to be a part of the process. Yeah, I. Th- she came off as pretty self-possessed. Um, maybe part of it is being a Quebecer. She's from Montreal, tend to be pretty straightforward and, you know, straight shooters. Is that what they call them? I like, guess. I don't know. <laughs> didn't you just love her answer to the tennis divas question? Oh, yeah. She didn't even have to think about it. <laughs> and, and you can see it. Yeah. Like, physically, she's lithe and, uh, you know, she could be a dancer if she wasn't a tennis player, uh-huh. probably. Right? So we hope you enjoyed this interview. We we just recorded another one sit down one-on-one today about an hour ago, a little over an hour and a half ago. We're teasing it. We're not going to tell mm-hmm. you what it is yeah. just yet. Look out for that announcement on Instagram. You're going to have to check out okay. our Insta videos We're for like that one. We're like multi-platform now. Right? We really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we were quite fortunate to get these two interviews. Let me tell you, we've been, well, we've been trying to get it for like four days. Yes. And it did come through today. So I was really happy. And it exceeded our expectations. Yes, definitely. Um, what are we going to finish up this episode with then, James? I don't know. Was I supposed to know? Our listener mailbag. Oh, God. I thought we already introed it. I'm so scattered. Like, I get like five hours of sleep every night this week. So, pardon me if I sound a little bit scattered. So, as we said earlier, we invited our friend Chad to come in the car. The the body serve, I guess the new body serve studio yeah. is the car. And he gave us kind of a, a dramatic reading of questions that you all submitted to us on Twitter. Thank you. We got so many questions. I was so surprised. And they came really quickly. So uh-huh. we picked, I think, about six yes. to handle today because we want to give like real answers, you know. So we will pick up on some more, I guess, in the next episode. But we picked Chad because, you know, he's got a great South Carolina accent and uh, he's been begging to come in the car, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So here's our second ever listener mailbag. So we're back in the car and we have a special guest for the second time on the body serve. We have Chad, who is CC Smooth 13. We've done a couple of recordings from the car this time and every time he's like why didn't i get an invite to the car (laughs) so you know what chad welcome to the car hey guys how you doing thank you for the invitation (laughs) we're so happy we well i i don't know about jonathan i love your accent and your voice so we wanted to have you do a little kind of dramatic reading of some (laughs) of our our twitter followers questions that they submitted because they they can't read them themselves so why you know why use our boring voices all the time we're doing an, an episode today. We're recording a few bits and stages. It will feature Francoise, which we've been plugging for a while. And then earlier this morning, we sent out a feeler for questions from our listeners, our second mailbag. And so we got some responses and we have them all written down for Chad to ask us. You're going to be the MC for this little segment. I am ready. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> all right. You ready? What's, what's up first? All right, so the first question we have is one of the most important questions on the list, and the one I've been concerned about as well is, who's watching Vince? And this is from Dr. Mop. 
Um, we see Vince has disappeared from your AV. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where is Vince and who's watching him while you guys are gone? <laughs> we appreciate the concern for Vince because since we changed our logo, Vince served dutifully for two and a half years in that chair <laughs> watching Rafa, which he was there for literally two seconds before he ran away. But we managed to get that picture. Uh, you know, he's part of the body serve experience at this point. Mm -hmm. People were very upset that he's not in the Avatar anymore. So, you want to answer that? Where is Vince Yeah, right now? so Jonathan's brother, Jeremy, is watching Vince at our house. And Vince loves Jeremy. So he's well taken care of. You can be assured. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that sounds good. So Dr. Mop has the answer for that one. <laughs> Alright, so the next question is... Well, we know that you've moved recently, uh -huh. and we've seen pictures of, like, a mess going on. <laughs> so the question is, did you finish unpacking, or will you wait until after the U.S. Open? And this is from Deanna. I don't know if the question is, after the U.S. Open, assuming that we're going to be at the oh, U.S. Yeah. Open, or... we're not actually going. No. <laughs> it would be nice, but... Yeah. <laughs> we will be at home working and catching the U.S. Open as much as we can. Uh, we, we, we're mostly done. Most of the boxes are done. Stuff is set up. It's just the wall hangings from our previous place that we haven't put up yet. Yeah, that's the part I really hate. But it took us like a week and a half to get to that point, and then we literally left the next day. So we haven't really enjoyed the comforts of our new place mm. set up the way we want it. So that's something to look forward to when we go home. So you'll be finished by this U.S. Open and not next year's U.S. Open. <laughs> yeah, well, we shall see. <laughs> Let's shoot for the Australian. How about that? That sounds good. To right. coincide with Serena's return. <laughs> All right, next question up. What's good to eat in Cincy? This is from The Big Joker. You can take this one because you're oh, okay. all about the food. Yeah, because I'm the one who's in really into the food here. So I, well, we haven't actually been like in Cincinnati proper. So as far as restaurants and stuff, I do not know at all. But up here at the tournament, they have, oh my God, the calzones are so good at DeRosa's. And then they have sushi. I had a, a pretty nice salad today with like strawberries and goat cheese and almonds and all that stuff. Um, Grater's is a big Grater's draw. ice cream I finally had and it was really it was actually very good we know Chad you had Grater's the other day I had Grater's the other day I also had sushi and um, I had crab cake sliders and there was I this heard man, those were good there was this man dancing and trying to get us to come eat the crab cake sliders I saw them that's oh, what yeah. they are that they're the a, crab cake people they are the crab that was like oh. very seductive dancing uh -huh. for a seafood restaurant when I walked by once <laughs> it was three people it was two guys and they were trying to teach like one of the the people at the tennis, just a, a customer. What do you call them? Like a fan. Uh, <laughs> a customer. They were they were doing a little routine and trying to teach the the fan how to do what they were doing. He came at me, started unbuttoning his shirt, and threw <laughs> off his when he threw off his visor and he started pointing at me and walking toward me. I wasn't sure what to do, but um, it but, worked out. But I got, film it. <laughs> I, I went to another place though, so <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't actually work. <laughs> it didn't work for me that day. I went there earlier in the week. It was good. All right. With those calzones, I've had the veggie one twice, and I'm not usually about that veggie life when there's meat on the on the menu. Yeah. But it's really mm -hmm. good. It took me back, like the spinach inside, kind of, I don't know if the listeners will know what this is, but it tasted kind of like a calla loaf, which is a Jamaican delicacy, like a lunchtime mm. finger food kind of thing. Calla is kind of like collard greens. Yes. So it's a baked dough kind of patty with the, the calla loaf collard greens inside mm. and i will say that the vendors are really cool around here um even though it sounds kind of lame the pretzel lady was really nice <laughs> um and she hooks me up with different levels of um, lemonade as well as limoncello oh my god the, she is amazing, she is amazing. listen yeah. you're the person to walk around these tournaments with because you just get free shit whenever you want you can sweet talk <laughs> anything out of anybody mm, it's the southern accent you show up you get a lemonade and then five minutes later you have an unlimited lifetime supply of lemonade <laughs> for the next and, five years and bootleg moonshine yeah, she's made like, at home oh I, I make my own limoncello i'll bring you some tomorrow and she pulls out a purse she pulls it out of her um, purse and, and gives it to me i'm walking around with limoncello all day in a glass mason jar was it good it was good it was really strong mm. have you had it before i've never had it before first time you but hate I don't, limoncello. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but because it is very strong. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm not sure if if you come to Cincy or if anybody else comes to Cincy, they'll get the same thing. But you know, <laughs> yeah, was, you have to have like a certain kind of personality. I you like know? that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, next question. Um, why is the ratio of men's to women's matches on show courts so lopsided in favor of the men, especially when seven of the eight top women are still here? And this is from Molly Tiger. When That's, that question yeah. was written or posed to us, the possibility of having the top seven of eight seeds on the woman's side in the quarters was still alive. Pliskova won, but then Svitolina lost. So we have we have six of the top yeah, eight seeds. Which is still really good. Yes. Um, that's a great question. We saw it at Wimbledon quite a bit, obviously. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with TV because the ATP has a much better TV contract. Well, they have a TV contract. Um, so it is in, there's a pressure and basically obligations on part of the tournament to put men's matches at certain times. Right? And today, I'm not one to make excuses for or take up for this kind of gender discrepancy and bias, frankly. Uh, but with the tournament being rained out last night and Rafa being the main draw left on the men's side, they had the opportunity today to schedule him twice on center. One in the day session and one at the night session. So those two are a no-brainer, right? But the point still mm -hmm. holds that you could have done a lot more. Karolina yeah. Pliskova is out here as your defending champion playing on court three she was scheduled there yesterday and they put her back on there again today yeah and then on a non-show court for her second match as well but you have i mean dimitrov sugita doesn't need to be no, third on, on center not. like that can go grandstand another stadium right you have isner and donaldson you want to showcase american tennis this is one of the few big time american tournaments left fine i will concede that but the dimitrov sugita stuff no well, there was some concern on Twitter today. Um, Sloan was playing over on court four when you had mixed doubles on the mm -hmm. grandstand. Mm -hmm. Mixed men's doubles. Not no, right. men's doubles, not mixed doubles. And so Sloan was over in court four. It was packed. People couldn't even get in to see her match. So, you know, Sloan's not ranked currently, but we all know what she can do. Yeah. Um, they and she's an American it. player who's yeah. been on a hot streak, right? It makes sense to put her on a big court. Right. right. It is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, today, like, it wasn't easy to schedule today, obviously, with all the rain and double duty. But, uh, yeah, probably could have been done better. Hmm. All right, Chad. All right. Next question. Do you still enjoy the tennis despite all you're trying to achieve? Is Jonathan using his experience to split tasks and matches? And this is uh, from San F77. Oh, yeah, she's our friend from Italy. Um she had tons of questions and mm -hmm. I want to we'll probably get to some more like on the next episode because they're all good questions will yeah. I be back to the car I'll get another invite to the car I Possibly don't know. If it you're depends how long you stay <laughs> alright okay. well the question about my, ex in my experience it's a I mean, I, I don't know what to say that because I don't really have that much experience. This is compared to you yes, well, you this is your first me, time yeah. but like I still feel like a fish out of water most of the time but to answer that question I, I have been the delegator in terms of tasks, <laughs> I think. <laughs> the boss. And you have been very receptive to doing what you've been asked, wouldn't you say? Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> I, th I think we've worked very well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I As long as you uh, listen well and do what you're supposed to do, James, <laughs> right. we are good. <laughs> um, the question, though, do are we still enjoying the tennis despite everything we're doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to act like this is some hardship. Like, we're so lucky to be in press here. I'm... I think it's an amazing experience. Um, I'm just trying to like work hard and sort of prove that I deserve the pass, you know, mm -hmm. like actually create content and, and do my job basically. But, uh, yeah, like I've definitely missed matches I wanted to see that's going to happen. Um, sometimes you're kind of stuck waiting to see if you got this interview or are stuck for a, waiting for a player to come into press and you miss things, which happens. But like, I saw Muguruza and Kuznetsova today, and that was incredible. Like, so yeah, I still am enjoying the tennis. One of the things that I've said from the jump after doing press for the first time, the thing that I was most surprised about the first time was just how little live tennis you see. And you could really go an entire day and not leave the press room, depending on what you have going on. Mm -hmm. A day like yesterday, where, and even the day before, <laughs> when we potentially had four one-on-ones, that we were waiting to find out if we would get done. And then yesterday, you factor in the rain that moved matches all over the place, moved matches overnight, because typically these interviews don't happen unless the players won, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of 
x-factor stuff that goes into play when you're in the press room and my biggest challenge is figuring out what i want our content to be and it's something that's still evolving we're still very new at this we did our first this is a plug we did our first <laughs> um body serve diary today just off the cuff it just happened you and yeah. i just sat beside each other we actually just opened a google doc uh kind of just wrote a conversation like typed out a conversation mm-hmm. Um, asked each other questions and whatever. I mean, it, it happened pretty organically. You know, there wasn't really any editing involved. So, and we were watching. We were doing that while we were watching Muguruza Svetlana mm-hmm. at the same time. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, killing which, two birds with um, one stone. In the beginning, like wasn't didn't look like it was going to last that long. It looked like Muguruza was going to run away with it. And you can see that in what we wrote. You know. So anyway, I think there's one left, right, Chad? All right. Last question. Players you've perceived differently in person versus your impressions just from the media and this is from Anna Marseille that's a really good question there's one person that jumps out for you I know I mean this for, was my yeah. come to Jesus moment last year <laughs> and you didn't want to believe it but yeah I wasn't willing to believe it but Muguruza is very very charismatic in person she's great at making eye contact she treats basically every question seriously and gives a good answer Uh, She's obviously, like, an extroverted person, like, she likes to talk, but it just all, it does come through uh, pretty sincere, I think, which, you know, I don't, I haven't seen, like, a lot of top players who do press conferences like that, you know? Joe Kanto was like that. Mm -hmm. It's, It's endearing when you ask questions and you get the feeling that the player is making an earnest attempt to get to the bottom of what you're trying to get to the bottom of. Yeah, like, you know, she like you're actually to, thinks about the question. Yeah, you're, she's trying to find a middle ground for you to, to come to a nice answer, mm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, I mean, she has swagger. She's cocky. Like, she knows she's good, and she's she's good. Like, I can't imagine what it's like to have that much talent and that much potential to be, like, a great, which is my opinion. Um, but... She she wears it well. Yeah. She comes off even humble as well in, in these interactions yeah. that we've had with her. Well, that's great, but can I keep my impression of her? Sure. You're <laughs> welcome sure, to yeah. do whatever <laughs> when I meet her, the night. When I meet her and I talk with her, maybe I'll change my yeah, okay. impression as well. So <laughs> I, I trust what you're saying. It sounds great. It's clap, clap. But um, is there, <laughs> clap, clap. <laughs> snap, snaps. <laughs> is there anybody else you would want to talk about? Not necessarily, uh, um, not necessarily somebody who changed your opinion for the better, but maybe for the worse. Is there <laughs> oh, I feel it, cu- I it cuts know. both ways. I feel like right? That's not fair play, is it? Um, I mean, you must. You've, you've talked to a bunch of people now. Yeah, I have. No, no, I don't think. I think like less of anyone after I've I've seen them. I would say you know Simona Halep and I have had like a very rocky relationship, especially this year, and I I found her like more. I sort of, like, got her better when I saw her talking in person, you know? It made a little more sense. And this is a disclaimer that I... And this may... I think this was a question that was asked by somebody else that we'll answer in more detail on our subsequent episode. But there's so much context from being in the pressers, from seeing the players live, from watching the matches live, from talking to them that you just don't get from tennis Twitter. And Mm. I've been guilty of that. You've been guilty of that. We've talked a whole bunch of shit on our podcast over two and a half years (laughs) that when we come to these events, we're like, well, damn, like maybe I was a little bit wrong about that. We've been wrong about many things. And so that's the caution that I would put out there for tennis Twitter folks and listeners that maybe your, your first instinct isn't always the full picture. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not like, I'm not really past the starstruck stage yet. But when you are, like, in press conferences and stuff, you realize, oh, these people are actually just people. Like, yeah. It is... I mean, it's a big deal because you see them on TV, and... I mean, if it were Venus and Serena, I would still be, like, terrified. You're just so awestruck. But in general, like, they're just people, too. It, it's not that serious, you know? And when people talk about, oh, my God, she only made a second round this week, and she made round of 16 last week or a guy or AT player or whatever, and you're like, well, wow, they, they stink now. They're playing really badly. But then you're here on site and you see them having to go through from practice in the morning to getting ready to go play their match, have the match being delayed, getting back on court, playing three games, 
coming back, being mm-hmm. shuttled out to go play again, have the rain start again. There are all these different things that happen throughout the course of a day that you just don't take into consideration or you can't fully grasp until you see it, mm-hmm. right? And so I think one of the big things that I've taken away from being at tennis is just leaving the judgments by the wayside a little bit. Mm, <laughs> that's going to be hard. It is, yeah. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been getting a lot of grief lately about, you know, moving way toward the center and being a lot less... Uh, like a, just a little bit too... Uh, like milk toast yeah to you know there's two sides or whatever well we know there's not just two sides mm. to every story, but you know having being too balanced oh we're okay we'll try to be less balanced <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that All right well thank you chad okay this has been great your car is amazing I oh really enjoy wow, it thank it's you very nice it's you a know, it's a tiny little come thing. through hyundai <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect. Thank you, guys. And if you're still around, maybe we'll tap you again to do our second segment of the Listener Mailbag. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, everyone, for submitting questions. This is a wrap for episode 92. Yep. Hope you liked the uh, kind of the new content we're trying to bring, the interview. Be sure to check out thebodyserve.com. We've got match write-ups. We're going to be doing some recaps today maybe some previews for the championship weekend we started a new thing today called the body serve diary mm-hmm. where we sat at a computer uh, we each had a computer <laughs> and we did a google doc google doc and we just kind of chatted it's like a podcast but with fingers that sounds disgusting <laughs> 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 wow, that was like the worst <laughs> promo you could have given. <laughs> just just read it. Like yeah. you'll you'll get it. And of course, check us out on Instagram. We're really up in our Insta game this week. We're trying. A Snapchat is still like it's not, it's just not gonna yeah, happen. That's just we don't I don't even get how to use it. I am it. too old for that shit. I'm just on it for Serena. So thanks for listening. Um I'm sure we'll be back we bleh, I'm sure we'll be back soon. Check us. Um, where are we checking that? Where are they checking us out? Didn't we already say? Yeah, give us a review. Yeah, yeah, we review like reviews. On yeah. All right. Till next time. <laughs>